Dad Bod Rap Pod. My producer tells me this is the top of the show. When you're in fake radio, you have to kind of simulate what's happening when. Um, but we are broadcasting not live from Needle to the Groove record store here in San Jose, California. My name is Damone Carter, a.k.a. Dim One. I am joined by the incomparable Mr. David Ma. Hey, hey, hey. Really good to be here, guys. Uh, we're riding a little bit of wave of momentum from the last month or so, fellas. Congrats. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Same to you guys. And my immediate joke would be, at least it's not a wave of mutilation. <laughs> uh, True. Dave, you're True. going off off stand you're like uh well, there's other podcasts that do that you're like Are the they? uh the handsome rambler uh, um what's Ugly his name hannibal burris, hannibal style. burris. Yeah. yes yes they, but they, they have their little that. beat machines I know. and their little like drop things should we I get know. you one of those fuck yeah dude. <laughs> I mean, lightning light lightning bolt sound effects <laughs> yeah air horn but air horn audience booing you know Oh, and then there's this other cat uh, by the name of Nate LeBlanc, son of Bob. Hello, friends. <laughs> uh, by the time this is out, it will have been revealed. That's not actually my hashtag. That's Milo's hashtag. His is next, it? His next record is going to be Son of Bob after the poet Bob Kaufman. Oh. While we did our awesome sit-down interview. That's right. sitting there in one of these many weird coincidences between him and I, I was like, Actually, I'm the son of Bob, too. Right, yeah, I'm about to say. Right. Yeah, to me, totally. you are the son of Bob. <laughs> so Milo's Bob and I appreciate that. Milo's new album is about your father. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah. I would love for Milo to do a song about how my dad wears those same chunky white feelas that all the Instagram girls wear. Dude. It's like almost Dude. like they're wearing my dad's outfit, ironically. Stenton, Mr. Bob Stenton, I've never caught him without a fly pair of cargo shorts. So I was just going to say. Yeah, shout right. out shout out to Mr. Bob. We We appreciate you. On this program for birthing our producer, uh, Nate LeBlanc. And as Dave mentioned, it has been uh, a really good uh, couple weeks for us. Uh, we got some some local press. Uh, we got over a thousand followers right, on, right. on Twitter. They well, say that when you get over a thousand followers is when it stops being fun. And there is there is some initial but strong evidence to suggest that is absolutely <laughs> fucking true. So wait, wait, wait. was this even fun to begin with? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I I have enjoyed the discourse thus far. We were you in know? a good place for a while. Right. We just yeah. had our little um, uh, what do you call it? Like a uh, mutual admiration society. <laughs> right. You know exactly. I mean? Exactly. Right. It's like we get it. You're on the same level. We can respectfully disagree. It's fun. Exactly. Totally. Exactly. Totally. So there would be kind of arguments, disagreements. But I was almost surprised initially that nobody kind of took it to a real kind of nasty, super right. snarky right. personal level. And I think it's because uh, our, our growth has been organic. It hasn't been. You know, just picking up followers just to do it. And we're right. not a hot take factory. Like, we're totally. trying to, like, yeah, and follow us at Dadbod Rap Pod, and you can kind of see what we're talking about here. But, like, generally speaking, we're promoting the show, promoting the artists who've been on the show, and sharing thoughts that I'm sure come across as, like, kind of random. It's like that you don't know what <laughs> someone's thinking about. We're not always commenting on the new album of that right. week. Like, right. we're just right. kind of talking right. about hip hop and uh, our, trying, our thoughts about it. Trying not to be craven in right. that way, right? right. Where right. it's like, oh, this is an, an obvious ploy. But um, a lot of times, and the spicier takes are usually me, um, <laughs> because a lot of times I just go, I have these thoughts and I've always had them. And now I have like a little community nice. to kind of bounce them off. Yes. That's, I use the show in that way, Twitter a little less so, just right. because I'm like, 
I'm not confident enough to tweet boldly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're a little pee shy on Twitter. It's fine. <laughs> but uh, it's it's really great to see the, all the recent uh, engagement. It's super yeah. organic, super yeah. into it, and you know, basically, they're probably uh, they're probably figuring out that we were right about Iron Man. <laughs> I was kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Iron Man truthers <laughs> out there. I just think it's funny that, uh, and I mean, I really do hope this happens. Um, I saw a couple people. They're like, oh, you guys are a podcast. Because there are, there are Twitter accounts that are just like in our what I consider to be rap Twitter world where there's right. no product. Right. Got They're you. just there it's, to talk about Oh, hip-hop. shit. So right. I'm supposed to remind people about the podcast. Right. Okay. Would be okay. 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 I'll handle that part. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, no, it's just funny. It's like, yeah, it's like, please listen to the show. The whole yeah. point for me is like, it, I want people to listen to the show. The show's right. the thing we work on. Twitter, exactly. Twitter is just like commentary right. and banter and like. And and it's and it's been fun uh, thus far from like inception. You know, we're coming up on two years. Mm-hmm. It's so I've I've kind of always enjoyed the engagement. It's never been kind of annoying or too cantankerous. But once we got over a thousand followers, <laughs> um, it got it got it got a little bit weird. Uh, I I posted a since deleted tweet that was something to the effect of. Man, we probably canceled PM Dawn because of the homophobia of the 90s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it got okay. Some people liked it. And then some people were really um, did not like that assertion, I think. Mm. I think it's the assertion that uh, they were canceled and there was no canceling back then or now, according to Nate. But I think a lot of people were were upset because there's a whole nother narrative as to why PM Dawn was canceled. They and once people brought this up, they did a, an interview in Details Magazine where they said weird things about black people. Like new blackness? Yeah, some new thing. kind of blackness or something along the lines of some Kanye shit right now. Okay. Um, <laughs> and they, they discarous one. And, and when people brought that up, I was like, oh, shit, I remember that. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Although I still would like to assert that I think the homophobia of the era played a role in how they were perceived at least i know where i was coming from okay that was true we didn't really get a chance to talk about this so you're not saying that they're gay no you're saying they were perceived as other as as soft right as soft soft. and within in in 90s terminology there's a a kind of a toxically masculine 100 percent you know a definition of what makes somebody soft right Right, right. and so that's kind of all i was referring to of course i i put it out there in kind of twitter speak and was like well they certainly were canceled because of homophobia i'm glad you brought that up because i was going to bring this up i think a good way to avoid these controversies which actually it was amazing for our engagement and i don't think we necessarily need to do this but one way around it would just be to go like i think Think. rex Right. Or like right. perhaps X or right. phrase it as a question like was PM Don canceled for their right. homophobia? And maybe right. that gets one like and zero retweets and no engagement. I, I'm, I'm glad you understand the methodology <laughs> to, my, to my madness here. No, I, I throw these shits out so that people right. can come you. back and totally. say, right. yes, no, etc. Now, the only part where it gets kind of like annoying and the reason that I, I ultimately deleted the tweet is. A uh, couple cats got at me. I was like, okay, the Details Magazine thing, okay, I, I, you, you're right about that. I still feel like I had a, had a point. And they're like, yeah, you was out of pocket, so don't do that shit again. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know you, right? And so I'm yeah. kind of like. Just come to the east side, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, why? Meet me in Temecula. <laughs> why are you calling me an asshole yeah, on, yeah. On a, in a public forum? We're talking. And the other thing is, I don't give a shit about PM Don. Like, right. I'm not really. 
Right. I actually this I was out of town when all this was happening, but I would be in my conference for work looking at Twitter and going like, why do we have 30 mentions? <laughs> yeah, what the hell yeah. is going on? <laughs> and so I wanted to ask you what prompted all of this. Um, Were you set adrift on memory? Bliss? <laughs> Did you just watch Boomerang? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, shit. What started it? I just some I, I swear I must have saw some tweet involving PM Don. Right. And then. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember everybody kind of thought they were soft. And, and my whole uh, stance on this program is to kind of relitigate some of the things that sure. happened in the hip hop of my formative years. Sure, and, of course. And not kind of like writ large, except that everything happened was dope right. and it should have right. happened. Right. Definitely, right. Definitely, and definitely. there's a thin line between that and applying uh, contemporary mores to the past or right. like as a lot of people would put it like being the woke police right. um, as woke police sergeant uh, <laughs> my badge number 27519 um, no I, I kind of feel like um, while I don't want to uh, kind of cast an unfair light Right, because like and we didn't, we didn't know it in the times that it right. happened. We didn't you can know look back, but it's like it's never going to live up to. But I mean, the my my moment. issue with it is that that your thesis statement isn't necessarily incorrect. Right, right. You know there's what I'm saying? There's something to it. Right, there's right. something to it. Now, there's there's parts of the story that I missed, and that's fine. Like yeah. let's let's go back and forth. Thought of them as f words. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Totally. A lot of people. Do. A lot of right. people, do, and yeah. that's all I was saying. And like shit, I was one of those people, and so. I'm kind of more calling out when I do things like that. I, I'm calling out uh, from a perspective of an insider. I'm saying our culture was like X at this time. Right, right. And I do deconstruct it not to be the woke police and say, oh, my God, everything back then was terrible. But also to say, hey, let's let's look at this sure. um, yeah, yeah. In, in a sense and not just kind of accept it. And so anyway, I, I ended up deleting the tweet. Um, and I'm kind of thinking about going forward. I don't want to be gun shy. Like I just kind of right, did. Right, don't be right. gun shy. Don't I kind of get yeah. inspired to like you know stir up some shit. I I who did I uh, who did I talk long shit about? Uh, Noriega. Oh my god, so, that, was, that was like the day before that. Super right. thug Twitter was so was, funny, was, dude. Uh, That's hilarious, though. I love it. Like, yeah, it's just yeah. funny because. Um, what you're saying can be true, and then they're like, "You don't like Noriega?" It's like we like Noriega fine. Totally, yeah, yeah, like, yeah totally. We're not. No one's saying he's like, um, like uh, I don't even know who, like Big Daddy Kane with the right, band, right, right, like, right, right. It's a weird construction. Like mm-hmm. his his rhymes are bizarre, right? And, they, and everyone's like, really "What do you bad. mean he's funny?" It's like no one said it wasn't I funny. <laughs> it's not particularly well written. It's right. all Just, in the delivery. Right. Yeah, um, who right. was it? Zilla Rocca, who we whose opinion we deeply respect. He, he was like, uh, "He's Bismarcky with bodies on." Yeah, him. yeah. Like, which is which is that's pitch so perfect. perfect. The whole point of these discussions is to get little lines and insights like that so right. i really appreciate absolutely that. absolutely and like shout out zilla Rocca, who's like not only an artist but some like a, an observer of the culture right. who we, yeah. re- we fuck with and we respect because that's a great line 100 percent. and I, I i never would have thought of it like that yeah. i no, consider no, no. those to be no, two and, different and, things and these are platforms for responses and jokes dude come on and, and that's the other piece Guys, I mean, it's weird because I know I get kind of serious sometimes, but I'm always joking. Right. Like, right, <laughs> like right. I'm all like this is not my dissertation. This is not a think piece. Like <laughs> I am always joking. And it's it's so funny to me that um, depending on where you're from. And this is also what I love about our Twitter. We have a lot of East Coast and a lot of um, UK yeah. fans and everybody's got different sacred cows. 
Right. So, so right. while I've enjoyed some Noriega shit, where I'm from, bah, we don't really fuck with Noriega like that. It's right. not a big deal. You know right. what I mean? It's right. like somebody somebody making fun of be legit. Like right. to me, right. that's that's, that's a offensive. Good one. But that's a good one. But you know, I can see if you're from uh, the Bronx and you don't like be legit, well, you're you're well within your right. Well, right. Listen to so international and shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. Um, no, so, that's a that's a really good comparison. Actually, that's kind of the rung of rapper. It's kind of like it's like these are not like bars that are going to end up in the right, wall decal right. on the Smithsonian. No, like you're, right. you're a good, competent rapper right. who has a professional career, yeah. but no one's like writing yeah. your shit out to understand it. Right. <laughs> you know right. No, and, and uh, even saying somebody's not a great rapper isn't even necessarily a diss. Right, I, I right. know I know good rappers who are boring as Some fuck. of the best right. rappers aren't the best rappers. rappers. You right. know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 So it's, you have to have a pretty deep level of understanding of hip-hop to say something like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny thing to say. No, but you know That's, what I'm saying? I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Here no, we are. I know. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, um, this is us. Uh, two things. It's funny that you mentioned how we have there's the East Coast kind of rap Twitter and then UK kind of like culture and rap Twitter mm-hmm. and the responses come in waves. Yeah. It's like you're yeah. asleep right. and then you get offended by something we did like 13 hours <laughs> ago, ago, which right. is hilarious Someone's to me. And like by cr- that time, I'm usually over it. Yeah. And yeah. that's why I understand why people who make tweets that get a lot of responses, whether you're getting ratioed or whether you're getting kind of like viral, though we've never even approached that level of engagement. They just mute it after a while and like yeah. let the people fight it out among themselves. Yeah, like, yeah. Like we and, don't need to be a, a and, part of this. It's uh, like the UK just, just woke up and right. they're all mad about something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Jeremy Corbyn doesn't have bars. I get it. <laughs> I get it. No, I, I feel like um I'd like to have that interaction uh still be real, you know what I mean? I, I don't know maybe if I'm just being like a, a sap, but um, I want to argue with y'all like we argue on the program, right, but it, but right. it's all good. You know, nobody yeah. has to call anybody asshole. Yeah, I, I've right. never He's done that. Offended here? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no. So unless you come for E40, then. <laughs> then <laughs> but yeah, no. I I I want people to engage with us. So you know, at Dad Bod Rap Pod um, on Twitter. Um, definitely check us out and yes we have a a podcast that's a great point man i gotta i gotta maybe i just gotta have a tag after each one of them (laughs) right hashtag listen to the show yeah yeah Yeah, i don't know it doesn't seem like hashtags work at all no it's like i don't know not a believer it's more like an instagram thing now yeah totally you don't see it on twitter that right i would just search twitter if i'm looking for big daddy kane i'm not gonna hashtag you know right twitter hashtag yes i'm half stepping (laughs) (laughs) half steppers on this uh, I think hashtags still work for like gags. So, so Twitter gags. That's that's the one time I will use a hashtag. Uh, okay. and be like you know ruin a song with two words. You know what I mean? Right, Shit, right, 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 That still works. Yeah, right. But um, yeah, but we're we're enjoying it. We just got over um a thousand followers. So shout out to everybody that that fucks with us. Um, even if you're a Russian bot, we fuck with y'all. <laughs> also, shout out to everybody who picked up merch too. Yeah, that was awesome. That was successful. Yeah, we sold out. Yep, successful runs. We only had mailing issues with one of the orders. I'm still working on it, but it's it's on the way back uh, oh wow yeah. thanks like, jeff bezos no it's just funny it's like <laughs> you do this thing because people there's some people who really fuck with us and we wanted to give them an opportunity to a help us promote the show by wearing the shirt and b like you know send a little loot totally. like we're not doing a patreon we're not like we don't ask for shit from 100%. anyone yeah. we're supplying a product and if you want to like throw down that's that like really means a lot to us but then if so you have this weird mailing experience, they feel bad about the experience. Totally. I didn't think totally. about that when we were thinking about doing this. It's like if there's been a couple of cats I just sent some stickers to just like for fun and it costs a stamp. 
And so it was really easy. But with the shirt, it's like tracking number. And I like, know. Where, where's my shirt, dude? And I'm like, fuck, man. Like, now now are you thinking bad of us? Right. And right. I don't think this person would. He seems like a really dope person. Mm-hmm. I don't know him personally. But, like, we've, we've actually talked quite a bit at this point on the DMs. So it's like, I'll make it right. And, like, I'll, yeah. I'll handle it. But it's kind of. It's I next to a beach ball on a fucking <laughs> island in the South Pacific. It's like fucking Wilson in our shirt. I just, I didn't think, like, oh, this could possibly give them a negative impression of us right it's like right, this, right. it's all about this like again kind of like mutual admiration loop right. absolutely I fuck but with you you fuck with but, us but, like it's cool uh, and then it's like the fucking post office fuck it up our shit dude, fuck, dude. our knowledge base <laughs> is hip-hop uh not shipping and handling but we will we <laughs> will sort it out ship <laughs> ouch ouch uh but yeah we're 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 due on i um i'm not sure when this will hit in the real-time universe but uh dave and i are going to be Interviewing Peter Butterwolf as part of a, a San Jose Public Library, right? right. They're Hip Hop History Month, and uh, yeah, we're we're really uh, grateful to be on board. That's going to be fun. Yeah, uh, yeah, for a lot of people in attendance. I mean, we're going to nerd out about San Jose history. Absolutely. He's going to have some artifacts, some music, some good times. It should be fun. Yeah, That's awesome. This yeah. will uh, it, it will be a couple weeks ahead of that. Like yeah, past that, I should say yeah. at this point. But it's cool in um, Frank Radio World. Yeah, <laughs> um, cool, but. We got interviews as we always do. So many do. good interviews. Yeah, got a lot of good things in the pipeline as well. So it's stay so, tuned. Uh, again, not to make the podcast about podcasting, but we already did that for half an hour. So yeah. uh, <laughs> now, now they're asking us. Yeah, yeah. It, is, it yes. has been yeah. such a fascinating yeah. turn. It right. only took two years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's like it's it, that's like very rewarding. It is. It is. And kind of getting to get the inside story on some of our favorite records, kind of get to know the artists 100%. a little better. Right. Um, and I, th- I think we're a little bit better at interviews than than we were um, at the outset. It, Dave, I, you know how to do this. But <laughs> yeah. You, you said that earlier, and yeah. we were here earlier for a secret thing that may or may not be happening but can't really talk about so i won't uh but it's funny because i used to prepare so much more right yeah. and it's right. like w- is it better if i don't and that's that's works the thing for jesus and marrow <laughs> <laughs> um, no i think i think this idea of like we've learned what are the right guests for this program right right uh, there's right. some trial and error yeah and, yeah and, and you know doing doing interviews like over the phone is kind of hard it's sort of like playing hopscotch so i think yeah. we've gotten a little bit better at that though absolutely yeah. cutting people off cutting um, each other off less. yeah cutting each other off right. less so shut up no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we we have another dope interview um for y'all today and it is with an artist whose work I think we didn't quite get to this in the interview but I think uh, his work and the work of Antipop uh, Consortium was definitely an influence on I don't want to call it a renaissance but the high lyrical shit I it think is, it takes, is. especially on the East right, Coast, I right. think really takes a lot from that so we we were pleased to have uh, Beans from Antipop Consortium on the program, he was definitely very, very open, talked about his origin story as well as his new projects. Um, and then uh, Nate got to nerd out like super heavy, yeah, which I'm, was dope. Yeah, ap- apologize in <laughs> advance. Uh, it's like, I was on shrooms <laughs> Saturday, 2002. I actually texted my friend that I went to the show with, and I'm going to share this with her when it when it is published, but like we have been wondering what happened that night for 20 plus years. That's like, what this podcast is about, It's man. amazing, dude. Closing I've, the I've loop. been having such cool experiences lately where I'm just like, I'm, I'm not even going to ask a question. I'm going to say a thing, and you tell me what you think about the mm-hmm. thing, and apparently yep. that is my interview style. It really is. Yeah, I'm it like, really here, is. here's a thought I've had for 30 years. Is it, <laughs> is Firm it right? or no? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's, let's let him hear the interview, and then yeah. we'll come back a little bit. Dad by Rap Pop.
All right, Dad Bod Rap Pod. Once again, we have another dope guest. On the line, we have Beans. You might remember him from Anti Pop Consortium. Um, also has a new record out. How's it going? It goes, man. How are you, sir? Doing doing well. Where are you calling us from? Uh, um, we, you're contacting me right now. I'm in Cleveland. Okay. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, no, <laughs> jokes. Nothing to be sorry about. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so we are definitely fans from from the beginning. So we want to just take it back a little bit, um, and then we'll we'll definitely get into talking about the newer record. But can you give us a a, a little kind of a origin story of of how you kind of got involved with anti pop and what that that ride was like? Um, well, I I kind of got um, I, my my story starts back from like when uh there was this thing called Black Expo and uh you had to win this contest to enter this contest that um my uh my brother it was a video it was uh you win you enter this contest and you win these videos of how to DJ of how to scratch it was Spinderella and Red Alert and I entered this raffle. And I won, and my brother was like, "Yo, it's destiny." <laughs> and uh, so I won this. I won this, but I was too cheap to start buying equipment. I was I, I couldn't afford it. So um, so this dude named Al was like, "Yo, I see you a little bit more creative than that. Why don't you start writing?" And my my earliest influence was early Gangstar, like even mm. before um, No More Mr. Nice Guy with his demos mm. when he like bust a move, like when it was just um. When it was when he was just Key the E, the guru, not guru, wow. and right. Damo Disky. And um that was my early like and, and a lot of um early Sadat X freestyle taste when he used to rhyme with this other dude named Key to Speed, uh Rest in Peace, mm. um, before Brand Nubian uh came out. Because uh, I was I was grew I grew up in White Plains and uh they were in New Rochelle. So like their mixtapes used to circulate around like when I was in high school, um, DMX demos was very popular in White Plains. Mm, wow! And I used to—I um, don't know if you remember this from when PMD from EPMD had his own label, PMD Records. Yeah, yeah. He had signed this dude from White Plains named Top Quality, and um, I also got my start out work, uh, rocking with Top Quality. So um, I didn't meet, and, and it was that, and I was in this group with one of uh, Top Quality's cousin. Uh, called Treaded Measures, and I met this girl named 99, and 99, um, she did, like, when MTV was doing, like, a lot of those, like, uh, uh, when they were videotaping, like, the poetry things, they had these little poetry segments on MTV. Okay. Um, she she was one of the uh, featured poets, and she later worked with, like, Prince and the Dream Warriors and stuff like that. So I'm, I had met her, and she had introduced me to this uh, event called... Uh, uh, she introduced me to the Narican Poetry Club mm-hmm. and this event started by um, Bill Adler and Bob Kaufman. Bob Kaufman was uh, one of the uh, was running the Narican Poetry Cafe and Bill Adler was the publicist for Def Jam at the time. Mm-hmm. And they had these like po- rap meets poetry events that was held at the spot called uh, the Fez underneath the, the Time Cafe that's uh, defunct now, but it was a uh, yeah, it was, it's defunct now. And um, and I kind of met Priest. I met Priest through those events. Like, Priest was already working with Earl. Earl and Priest, um, they went to high school together. 
So they've been working with each other since high school. Mm. And I had met Priest at this at this event when he was rocking with this girl named Shaki. And Shaki um, had a deal with Imago. And she was um, working on her first album. And um, that was her first album was a song called Vodkamillions, which is the first song that Priest and I actually recorded on. Um, how I met Saeed was I was working at this store, this clothing store called Mad Grill. And um, the owner of the store was this guy named Chris and his childhood friend was this dude named Maurice. Uh, and um, he wasn't even rhyming at the time, but he came to one of the earlier, he came to one of the Rap Me Poetry events with me and Top Quality. And he saw what we did. And then uh, that's how I met him. So he had started rhyming like a little after that. You know, and um, what happened is he started rhyming and Priest, Priest Earl and I, we were working with um, Gingy Brown, this this producer who was working with Supernatural. Mm-hmm. And um, he did like Supernatural's first album when Supernatural um, got signed to Electro, but it got, you know, it, it never came out. And um, Priest and I had just started getting, you know, stayed in, stayed in contact and we were of a similar mind frame. And then... Um, he had come up with the idea to to uh, to do these series of mixtapes, and they were called like the he in this label on these mixtapes was called uh, Antipop. The label was called Antipop Records. Right. So we would um, do these mixtapes, which were individual. Like you know, I would be one song, he'd be one song, maybe one or one or two songs, and it was just Priest and I in, in the beginning. And and then we would record them with Earl. So we did we did two of those, and then it wasn't until like maybe like the third one where Saeed like started like doing solo stuff. Hmm. Uh, he he had started writing. He got nice like dumb quick. <laughs> like, no, he got nice like crazy quick. Like he got nice in the matter of like months. Wow. <laughs> yeah, like he you know um he he was interested after that after that event when he went to the poetry thing and then he just like started like rhyming. But like he like he got nice like it was stupid. The turnover was crazy. <laughs> the turnover was crazy. He got nice like stupid quick. And um, we started doing like little shows under Antipop Records, you know. And he was Priest was working at Kinkos at the time, and he was putting up like you know flyers to promote Antipop Records and all the Antipop stuff. Like you know he's, he's printing it all up at Kinkos and like bombing the city with these stickers and everything. <laughs> That's the plan. So then um. Yeah, we then you know he you know I came out of pocket and paid for the single for disorientation, and um, after that you know the the single the first person in the world to play the single was Giles Peterson. Oh wow! Yeah, and then you know when we heard that Giles was on it was like you know he he, he was interested in what we were doing. Mm. We flew out to London with our own money, and that's how we hooked up with. Um, the the band uh, Attica Blues yeah right. Mm, right. and we did the and we did the free remix and um, that was the first time because the, the 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 label was called Antipop but the tapes were called Consortiums Volume One Two and Three oh, okay so yeah so it was the first time on the Attica Blues remix that we became Antipop Consortium on that tour it was us it was um, Priest Saeed uh, myself a Pony, a Pony B Fly, mm-hmm. and uh, and um, this saxophone player named Michael Goth, and the five of us went over to London and was doing shows and whatnot, wow. and that's how we kind of met like Vadim, you know we you know we met up with Giles, you know Giles was almost going to sign, 
he wanted to sign Anti Pop, you know, to, to his label. Yeah. Uh, just I think he was talking loud. He wanted to sign to talking loud. Right. And then um, that's how we met Vadim while doing those shows over there, and that's mm-hmm. how the isolation has happened. Mm. You know, so we met. That's such a great thank you, record. sir. Yeah. I'm going to say Thank that you. a lot in this interview. We're going to go through a couple more things, and I'm just going to like be like blubbering because uh, my whole college experience was defined by listening to anti-pop on my Walkman and my headphones. So, yeah, man. Just, oh, crush, man. Yeah, huge, huge, huge fan. I'm wondering if um, there's kind of an alternative timeline here where you guys get signed to Talking Loud and people think you're from the U.K., and if your life would just be so different then. Like, um, can you kind of tell us what happened next? Well, after that, you know, I, I I don't even know what happened with Talking Loud. Nothing ever happened, but um, we put out the isolationist, and you know, a lot of people were very responsive and receptive to that. I was working at this record store called Other Music at the time. Oh, okay. And yeah, I, I used to work at Other Music. Gotcha. And um, I was working there, and I was promoting I was promoting the isolationist heavy. Yeah. But um, I was also touring with Vernon Reed at the time as well, mm. and um, I was touring with Vernon Reed. And, you know, one, and I just decided to, like, stay in the U.K. for, like, almost, like, half a year. And while I was living in London, Priest and Saeed were, were working. So Priest came over to U.K. one time, and he had the tapes to the beginning of the tragic the tragic epilogue. Mm-hmm. And um, so they had, so, like, a majority of songs like Rinse Flow and Laundry and um, Slab were already recorded by the time I heard them. Okay. So when I came back to when I came back to New York, um, Giles was still interested because Giles was in the studio when we recorded did the beef for lift. Um, he he was he was there and and um, and the and the other joint the 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 shit with the the saxophone on it. He was there for those two joints in the studios with with, with us, mm. and he was he was still interested and he was still supporting and whatnot. And um, this is when um, we, there was the Ozone on Water Street, which was also like the um, the management for like early, like uh, the early before Death Jux and whatnot, mm. and Ozone and whatnot. Uh, so, you know, because uh, our manager was like uh, this guy named Amici, who was the current manager of Run the Jewels, mm-hmm. used to manage Mike, he used to manage Anti Pop, Mike Ladd, and, and company Flow and all that. And, he, you know, Ozone, it was. He had these little studios on Water Street, and um, sure. yeah, on not, Water not Street. to name drop, but we uh, we just had Uncommon NASA on, who was the engineer at Ozone, and exactly. We had, we had a Pawnee B on last year, so it's it's all, all right. tailing nicely for us. <laughs> yeah, so it's full circle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're just we're, I'm, I'm really fascinated by that time in New York hip hop and the kind of the the crux between the poetic. MC stylings and the almost kind of like industrial sounding beats um, and and the way that that was kind of curated by Amici. And I don't want to put words in your mouth. This is just how it felt to me as an outsider. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm, I'm really curious about that time. And um, like, were, did you consider them to be your peers or were you were you rhyming to impress each other within the group and kind of top each other? Or how was the kind of um, I don't know a, a better term to put than like kind of like esprit de corps around that time? Well, you know, I mean, like, there was a lot of, like, there was a lot of good stuff around that time based on, like, being, like, you know, sort of somewhat antagonistic to what was happening in mainstream hip-hop. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's the shiny pants era. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. 
But you still had the shiny. But the thing about it was, is even though you had the shiny pants era, you still had Wu Tang. Right. You know. Right. So and you still had Biggie. Right. You know, and you still, Big L was still around. You know what I'm saying? So it was even though you know you still had the shiny, the shiny pants era, you still had Onyx. Right. right. You know, so and 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 Redman. Right. And like you know, and and tribes like Seminole like albums, right? So you know, it was still kind of it was still kind of dope. Like mainstream wasn't completely whack. It was just aspects of it that was garbage. Right. Yeah. Right. So um, the thing about being in the poetry setting was that um, it allowed you to to sharpen your your your, your penmanship because you weren't necessarily being dependent on the beat as 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 the crux. So a lot of people were coming to the poetry scene. Um, and they were just, it was, it was, they were getting sharper, you know, mm-hmm. writing wise, they were becoming sharper. Sure. And there was a clear distinction between like people who were like regular MCs who would just like, you know, go outside and cipher and just freestyle to poets who were a bit more like um, introspective and, and they were trying to do different things and being influenced more by like jazz and things like that. Okay. Cause for, for, for me at the time, you know, there were a lot of things, even though you had like lawyer, the underground and all that, I still like turned off hip hop for like two years and like got obsessed with like jazz and especially mm-hmm. this book, um, as serious as your life by Val Wilmer. And, uh, you know, and I was starting to draw the parallels between how the people in that book were living to what we were doing in underground hip hop at the time. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the actual sound, you know, it was a matter of like trying to take it back to, um, I was trying to take it back to the origins of hip hop where, it wasn't being so dependent. The sound wasn't being dependent on someone else by sampling. So it was a matter of getting up instruments again, getting synthesizers again, and creating something new yeah. that you could utilize to call your own. And during that time, um, Priest and I, we had like a side project called the Blank Slates, okay. which was which was Priest on um, was on drum machine and synths. Manny Megman, who um, later played a lot on the Anti Pop Records. Um, a, a saxophonist again, Micah Goth, and myself on, on vocals and drum machine, and um, we would do things through Sound Lab, and Sound Lab was like um, the Elbian scene with DJ Spooky and We and all that, and we used to do a lot of stuff with them, like a lot of raves and whatnot, and it was just more freeform. So when it came to the performance of Antipop, we carried that spirit of what we were doing to Blank Slates. Uh, bringing the, the the equipment on stage um, because that's how we were accustomed to doing shows. Yeah, um, so, I'm gonna <laughs> just pause you there. I have my little story, and this is not really a question. I just kind of want to see if you have any feedback around this. Is I saw two amazing anti-pop shows for different reasons in San Francisco in the late okay. 90s, early 2000s. One was at Bottom of the Hill, and it was oh one of yeah the best rap shows I've ever seen. Um, you guys turned the the lights off. Um, not oh, only yeah. on the on the house lights, but on the stage, and you kind of like just like created this electronic symphony thing. Like you just were building and layering the beats and kind of doing songs and fragments, and it was it was wild shit. It was amazing. Um, oh, I, I think you. about it all the time. Still, it was just a, an incredible show and really like cemented my fandom for you guys. And then a couple years later, I want to I want to say you were touring for Arrhythmia. Um, All right. There was a show at the Independent or the Justice League. I can't remember if, what it was called at that point in time. I think. It, oh yeah, I remember that. Okay, good because I want. I've been wanting to ask you about this for like twenty years. Um, yeah, you know who was at that show? Who? 
piece from Freestyle Fellowship was okay. in the crowd that night. That makes a ton of sense. Um, and it it was it was a dark energy. Like um, I think this is partly my fault. I think I got too high before I went to the show. But um, again, it just like it seemed like the three of you were like my impression was always that you kind of broke up on stage. Like you were playing a lot of like aggressive like low bass notes and you kind of seem to be like battling each other rather than stacking the different intricate like synth lines and beats in a way that were congruous that you were like going at each other and so i'm i've been wondering for 20 years if i was just too high or if there's something to that like do you remember that show and can you like share any insight on that with me um you know um you know, thinking thinking back, you know, I, I don't think necessarily as, as from your observation that you may have been wrong. <laughs> I don't think you may have been wrong. I don't think um, at the time I may not have um, consciously thought that, but you know, that was around that time when things started to slightly deteriorate between the relationship of, between the three of us uh, at, as, as a group. Yeah. And I can see that being translated in, in a live setting, but you know, uh, I don't think I, I would be cog, cog, very cognizant of that at the time. Okay. There was one time in San. There was one time in San Francisco we were playing for um, DJ Shadow, and it was, I think it was the first time I actually walked off stage. Oh wow! So I think, but um, but yeah, I I I, I guess um, if you kind of sense that, it's, it's very perceptive of you. <laughs> I'll take it. Thanks, man. And I just to finish this little part, um, I saw you once open for Tortoise at the Rio Theater in uh, Santa Cruz, and you were incredible. And you did. Oh, thank you. You were doing your stuff from uh, the first Warp EP solo yeah. by yourself, and like I think just maybe with a CD player or a mini disc or an ADAT or something really small, and you just completely CD player. ripped it. So. You know, I've had my 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 definite good experiences with you as well. But thanks for you know indulging my weird questions about your mental state twenty years ago. Nah, no worries, no worries, no worries. Hey man, um, we've been um, your your um, your career has taken many distinct different directions, and uh, you know your list of collaborators is pretty huge. Uh, Vernon Reed, Cool AD, Alec Empire, and you mentioned DJ Shadow a little bit earlier. We had a question about um, about that collaboration. Can you? Tell us how that came about and what the track is and what people should check out because he's a, he's a personal favorite. Yo, I never I never recorded with Shadow. Oh, okay. So you just worked together. I just he was my first Shadow was my first tour after Anti Pop broke up. Oh, Got gotcha. it. That's what it he was, was the first okay. person to take me out with Shadow. Okay. Gotcha. Um how's your uh, relationship with him and sort of how did that manifest? Um Um my man my manager, uh well me Amici. Kind of hooked it up. Mm. Okay, because Amici kind of hooked it up, and I think he, I think he, asked, he had asked because we, because we had played with Antipop. He had, he, he, um, we opened for Shadow as Antipop. Gotcha. And we did some West Coast shows. So he, so when we broke up, that relationship was already established. Okay. Mm. But yeah, he was the first person to take me out. Like, like that was the first person. My first solo tour after Antipop was with DJ Shadow. Okay. Nice. Word. Yeah. Um. Let's let's jump forward in time. Like, what what are you working on now? What is like? What's your life like as an artist? Like, are are you do you still feel engaged with hip hop? Like, I know that's kind of a lot of questions, but just kind of talk to us about what what you're up to now. Yo, honestly, I feel like a lot of hip hop is in a good place right now. Yeah. Same. Yo, I mean, you got you got West Side Gun. Yeah. You got you got you got you know Benny the Butcher. You got yeah. Conway. 
You got Rock Marciano. Yep. You got Mac Hami. Yep. You got Armin Hammer. Yep. You got you know yep. you know what I'm saying? You Speaking got, you our got language, um, man. Yeah. You got Milo. I don't want to disrespect Milo because I know he changed his name, but you know. Yeah. Rap Ferrara Ferrara. Ferrara, yeah. Ferrara, you know. You know, Billy Wood's new album was dope. Yeah. You know, th- yep. that was dope. So Billy Wood's last album was dope. Yeah. You know, DJ Muggs, all his collaborations was Everyone. dope. The Crime Apple one. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the one he did with Rock. My favorite is the Mac Hami one. Yeah, that one's But, great. you know, that was dope. You know, so there's a lot of good stuff happening right now. Yeah. I'm not mad at I'm not mad at the the new Earl Sweatshirt. I thought new Earl yeah. was dope. Yeah. Love the Gangstar album. The Gangstar album is like, that was like, that was I almost cried hearing that. That was Same. beautiful. Same. <laughs> it was so nice to hear Guru Guru on some Guru again. Yeah. You know, I miss Gangstar, man. Gangstar was Gangstar is unfrontable. You know, I miss Gangstar. Absolutely. Same here. Yeah. You know, I miss Gangstar. Gangstar was dope, man. They every almost every Gangstar album was fresh, man. Yeah. I love Gangstar. That's cool. You know? You're such a head. I, I would like <laughs> think like you would listen to like uh, like minimalist music or like uh, like I don't know. I don't know what my impression was, but that you, it's cool. You're so. Nah, like, don't get me twisted. Don't it. get it twisted. <laughs> I mean, I still, I, I, I listen to um, hold on, hold on a minute. Let me see something. I'll, I'll tell you right now what's in my um, what's on my what's on my phone, so okay. I can give you a. A very, very clear idea of, of where of where I'm at. Right on. You know, so on my phone right now is, you know, as I said, you know, I'm listening to the Black Sand, the mm-hmm. Earl Sweatshirt, the West Side Gun, the Hitler Wears from May 7, mm-hmm. Gangstar, um, Martin Rev, Clouds of Glory, mm-hmm. um, Archie Shep, Cry of the People. There we go. You know, you've seen my black woman, the, um, the new thing in Newport with John Coltrane and Archie Shep. You know, Salt, Salt 5. Oh, my God. That um, album is incredible. Yeah. The, the Hemlock Erst. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yusef Latif. Jo- oh. Joey Chambers. Um, I have um, the, the Zardust thing on here. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. I have the uh, listen to the Anthology of Noise and Electronic Music. Volumes okay, there one it through is. Four. <laughs> yeah, Volumes 1 through 4. Um, I'm checking all like the early like Black Sabbath stuff that's on my iPad right yes. now. Um, the new Kim Gordon is dope. Oh, I haven't mm. listened to that yet. I want to hear that. Yeah, I like it. Um, Eric Dolphy out to lunch. Mingus, you know, um, the Anthony Braxton, um, Max Roach album. Oh wow. Yeah, Fela and like at least like six or nine or six um, Fela Kuti albums. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's what I'm listening to. Oh, and uh, awesome. Bobby Humphreys. Nice word. Um, Alex, Alexandro Alessandro, uh, Alessand Alessandi. You know what I'm talking about? I don't. He's know like an odd. Yeah, he's like a um. He does like a lot of like library stuff. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Like Italian yeah. library. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Nice. And Francois Barrel. You know, so that's what I'm listening to right now. That's great, man. Thank you. Um. So yeah, no worries. You have a new project, right? Yeah, it's called um, Ace Balbazar. And uh, it's there's a book component as well as a recorded component, right? With a with a um, with with the album as a, as a cassette, you could purchase a book called "I Came for Blood," and um, "I Came for Blood" is basically a, a collection of uh, lyrics and and some and an original story uh, called "Lulu" in there. Um, lyrics from the previous albums. 
my previous like last six seven like releases that I put out. Okay. Like I put out like I put out like uh, like seven albums in like two in the in the in the past two years. Wow! Wow! Yeah, so it's like a collection of some of those lyrics and in, in, in within the book, and you can buy it when you buy um, Ace Balvazar. That's so cool, man. What's uh, what's like inspiring your sound right now, or what can can you give people kind of an idea of what to expect if they if they make the purchase? Well, um, I say I say Ace Balvazar out of most of the most recent releases that I've done has been a bit more like straightforward. Okay. But um, the next one is coming out in March, and that's called Team Breakup. And uh, I'm I'm trying to put the finishing touches on that, and that's like nowhere in this is like completely far left to what Ace Balvazar is. Okay. And um, but if you get the if you get if you get the um the bundle, um via um Hello LA, you could you could get the 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 lyrics to to some of the lyrics on Ace Balvazar along with the album. Okay. So I, I, if if anything, I recommend people do that. Okay. Okay. Well, we really appreciate you uh, making the time and, and kind of sharing your your journey and some of your musical taste. Uh, Nate furiously wrote down all the joints in your uh, in your phone. So uh, we're re- we're really happy that you can make the time to uh, be on the program, and we encourage everybody to run out and get the new. It's called Ace Balbazar. Ace Balbazar. Yeah, Ace Balbazar. It's okay. a package. The package deal. I came for blood. Is the book. And Ace Balvazar, and you can get it from the um, Hello LA store. Nice. There it is. There it is. Well, Beans, we appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, y'all. Appreciate it. Peace. Peace. Peace, y'all. about rap pod um we just got a chance to talk to beans really i got the chance to talk to beans thank you guys for uh indulging <laughs> no, me here it was, it yeah. was really good to see i mean um, we, we all sort of uh came out through that same era totally you know, we kind of so, saw them through warp and then anticon and you know what i mean totally so, um 75 arc which right. is such a weird label someday i want to get to the the bottom of all of that easy um is it yeah, okay. we just call it Automator. Okay, cool. Yep. Um, yep. Anyway, Antipop Consortium was like really dense, naughty, K-N-O-T-T-Y. Um, <laughs> just like cinematic. Right. Futuristic. I, I did, futuristic, dude. For sure. And like the, the name was great. I love how he said they kind of backed into the name. Yes. It, I, uh, there's always been a thing. It sounds like a Midwestern punk band. Right, right. Well, it's like right. It sounds like yeah. the, the kind of band yeah. that like tours in like one van and sleeps yeah. on people's floors. They were on some like Afrofuturism stuff, but like backpacky. Totally. You know, they're all, they were kind of all over. Totally. And just like a super important uh, band to right. me. And like... um. Again, something that Milo Rap Ferreira said in his thing, he was like, he says, um, rappers never get to confer. Mm. And I found this mm. part of the conversation mm. really interesting. He's like, I would love to know, like, what M. Saeed thinks about mm. something. And it's just like, I'm like, can we make that happen? Yeah. Like, can we yeah. get a, like, a little symposium going is, with, is, like, the really out there right. left field cats? Right. Is, that right. our, is that our next niche? Because I, shout out to myself, was the one who informed, <laughs> uh, shout out to me. I, I love that dog. Um <laughs> I Shout was, out to Demi. Yeah. <laughs> hey, no business like my business. Um, so 
I was the one who pointed out to uh, Raskaz that uh, Billy, Woods. Billy Woods had had name checked Nature of the Threat. Totally. Right? Um, and I was like, oh shit, I'm a connector. Right. Like, this right. is totally. So perhaps uh, coming soon. Connector over here. Oh, ouch. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so dude, I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Maybe there's something to that. But yeah. Um, yeah, just wanted to thank you guys for listening and wanted to make sure there's been a couple weird episodes where we're traveling and stuff and we haven't done enough of this. Um, like, rate, subscribe. Absolutely. Write a review. Listen retweet, to us on Kiki. Listen to us on Kiki.co UK. Engage, engage, engage. Yeah. yeah. Um, Argue with me on, on Twitter. It's right. all good. Totally. Send me beats. Uh, DadBodRapPod at gmail.com. I don't want your type beats. I will take the thing you thought was too weird for rappers or the thing yep. that's only 30 yep. seconds long. Um, that would be really dope. If you do send it, we'll credit you, and you'll be kind of like a little part of the squad. So, um, yeah. We have we have more stuff coming, and we yeah. would like more people to be down with the cause. So That's just it. make sure you're if you like the show, you're telling a friend. It's been a nice little community so far, so let's keep that going. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, we thank y'all for tuning in, tapping in, and fuck with us every Thursday. Dad bought a rap pod. Once again, today's beats were supplied by Small Pro out of Philly. Rappers, if you need beats, hit up Small Pro. Um, works with some friends of the program of ours, the Wrecking Crew, Zilla Rocka, Curly Castro, Prem Rock. Um, just really solid hip-hop beats, um, perfect for what we're doing. He blessed us with a huge folder um, with the Dropbox, so we're going to be using for the foreseeable future but feel free like i said earlier to send me some as well and we'll take a listen we feel like we can use them we'll reach back out to you dad bought rap pod every thursday thanks everybody peace